The very warm, late October sun was beating down on our backs while we hiked the mostly empty paths up to Village Jovis. It was just the two of us and about 30 goats standing amongst the ruins of Emperor Tiberio's palace from 27 AD. When we take in the 360-degree view of the Amalfi coastline and out toward Napoli and toward the island of Ischia and the entire Tyranian Sea, we realized why Tiberio chose this very hard-to-get-to location on Capri. Welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian, and in today's episode, all things dealing with the stunning beauty of Capri. My name is Kimberly Holcomb, and I'm with Tommaso. <laughs> He's waiting patiently. I was hoping you'd jump in and say, Io sono Tommaso. Io sono Tommaso Fabuloso. <laughs> he always throws in that second word, which I never suggested. Anyway, before we get back to this episode on Capri, we want to quickly thank someone named Jean Bean 2 on Apple Podcasts for her review telling us how it's helped her and her friend plan their upcoming 50th birthdays. Jean Bean 2, we are very, very jealous that you are working on your dual Italian citizenship. <sighs> Lucky you. And buon compleanno. Happy birthday. Jean, do you need a spouse? <laughs> or an older adopted child? <laughs> That's cute. Also to Lusseler, I'm not sure how I pronounce that, but Lusseler67, who said, this is awesome, she, quote unquote, literally gasped when we mentioned in a previous episode that we had received a few one-star ratings. And we did bring that up intentionally, asking those people that left the one-star to let us know how we can improve. We didn't hear from them, but we did hear from Lusseler67 with her quote-unquote review in protest <laughs> thank you that's so cute you're very kind and we're happy you had a nice time getting lost in luca thanks to one of our episodes and finally i'd also like to talk about jamie claire oh and a review from jamie claire a review from jamie claire and the one thing she said which was dear to my heart close to my heart after all the effort we've gone through was about the sound quality. Thank oh, you, right. Jamie. Because, you know, we've really tried to build a very professional studio and we've tried to make a every week to try and do an incrementally better job. We've had some, you know, not every episode's been great, but they've all been better and getting better. What's getting better, hopefully, is my cadence. Your sound quality's always been good. And our studio is very hipster looking in purple and black. Well, it's it's just like <laughs> Keith Richards, again, going back to Keith's library. But I just want to say that we have to be good. We have to have good sound quality because we respect you, our listeners, who are giving us 30 minutes of your time, if you're listening once a week, taking 30 minutes out of your day to listen to us as, as opposed to one of the other zillion podcasts out there. So Recorded on a phone. Yeah, well, there are some out <laughs> some there are. that some out there and everyone can podcast. That's a problem sometimes. <laughs> well, that was a very kind review. Thank you. Okay. Now, let me stress once again that the island of Capri is so unbelievably beautiful. But sadly, a majority of the day trippers don't see this beauty because they head straight from the ferry dock up to the village of Capri, which is jammed. 
jam-packed every single day, all day during the busy season. And sadly, that busy season is now from late April until late September. If by chance you can go in early April or October, you will see Capri at its best. However, if you can only go during the travel season, you just have to know where to stay to be able to avoid the masses of tours and the endless amounts of those condensed tour groups. They were everywhere in Capri last time I was there. Group seven, group seven over here, pink seven. Not this past time, the previous year, like two years ago. It was just so disappointing. Anyway, from my many, many visits to this island, I know most of the -the out-of-the-way sweet places to stay. And even if you just go for one day, you can still fit in a lot if you plan it well. And there are several ways to see firsthand how stunning this island is. So if you don't feel like doing the hikes that I'm about to talk about, which do take several hours, you can hire one of those cute taxis I mentioned in the previous episode, or better yet, rent a moped. I've had a lot of clients do that, and it was like the best day of their lives. (laughs) Seriously, you just have to make that rental months in advance, but it's a fantastic way to see every single inlet the grottos and the ancient ruins of fortresses and palazzos that are all over the island. And as I mentioned, these ruins are in the most strategic and beautiful locations, high up on the top of the mountain with commanding views. So even for a day, my God, you can have so much fun. They had first mover advantage in real estate back then. (laughs) For sale with view. (laughs) Well, Emperor gets the first choice, okay? Like I said, first mover advantage. Oh, mover advantage. Yes. I see. (laughs) All right. The first two trails I took this past trip in late October were to the Arco Naturale, which means the natural arch, and to Villa Jovis that I just mentioned. The Arco Naturale, that hike is two and a half miles and takes at least an hour and a half, but you stop so many times to take in the view and to catch your breath. Literally, it is steeper or downhill, more downhill than one would think. The Villa Jovis Trail, on the other hand, is three and a quarter miles and funny enough, takes about the same time. It's more of a slow incline, less massive, long, long steps down. However, if you just walk straight from the village of Capri to Villa Jovis and then back, okay, maybe an hour and a half. But my friend Craig and I carried on to Salto di Tiberio after Villa Jovis, which means Tiberio Sleep. I told this tale in our introductory episode on the Amalfi Coast, which is episode number 46. And the reason I wanted to do this hike again in October was because on my very first trip to Capri many years ago while I lived in Italy, I did this hike with a photo crew that I worked with on that long and fabulous photo shoot all over the Amalfi Coast, which is also in a previous episode. So Craig and I started in the village and walked a very slow incline up toward Villa Jovis. The good thing about this route is that it takes you through the like residential area. And I assume this residential area has like sprawled out for the last hundred years from the main piazzetta in Capri. And you will see normal Caprese houses, which feel very, very tropical, 
being that you only see part of the actual house due to the fact there's such an abundance of flowering plants and cactus. Or cacti, I should say. Really? Plural, cacti. Yeah, yeah. cactus, all cacti all over the island. No kidding. Yeah, it's amazing. You learn something new every day. Right? All kinds of cacti, like in Arizona, the, the type that look like those three armed vertical trees and then the round cacti with like a flat like platypus type platypus 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 (laughs) not platypus (laughs) all right do you guys get my idea my vision here (laughs) roundish flat leafed cacti going on moving on mr you know cacti professional over there jeez (laughs) There is such an abundance of these flowering plants and cacti. And you also, from these sidewalks that you're walking on, see some very old, stately-looking villas. Some are in a little bit of, uh, you know... Disrepair? A state of disrepair, and some are magnificent. So it was very interesting to see, on this walk toward the Villa Jovis the more current-day residential neighborhood. It was because everything else you saw is private villa or the village, and this was like the real deal. It was great. This sidewalk you're on eventually turns into less of a sidewalk, for lack of a better term, and then you keep going uphill and uphill, and finally you get to the villa. You pay a small fee to enter, and then all of a sudden you're walking up these stone steps toward the villa. And they have these signs uh, with arrows pointing you in the right direction so you know how to go in order to see the entire place. And it's very smart, probably because during the height of the season, there's thousands of people. So Craig and I were the only ones there, and we're walking up these stone steps that were put in place almost 2,000 years ago, or... 1,996 years, to be exact. To be exact. It was built in 2780. Jeez, I know. It was so cool to think about that. And we were so lucky to be there by ourselves. The two of us alone on this amazing villa from 2,000 years ago. And to be honest, I just looked at the um, videos on my phone while I was getting prepared for this episode and I turned the volume up and I kid you not, all I could hear are the sounds of nature, birds, and like, (laughs) I'll try to imitate the sound of a goat eating. On the goat trail. (laughs) (laughs) With something like that. That's all you can hear in the video. It was so amazing. We had the entire place to ourselves on October 27th Around 1230 in the middle of the day, because, you know, your phone tells you all that information. That's that's just given the fact that everywhere nice is crowded these days. How lucky are you? We were and we knew it. And we just kept talking about like, my God, it's so rare that you have this kind of place to yourself. So luck or not, we were really grateful. Maybe in October do I get to go there? If you wait to the end of this episode... You'll hear my suggestion, okay? (laughs) Clearly, Tommaso did not read through my notes, all right? So, moving on. (sighs) The villa itself, in its day, was clearly very large. When you stand at the very top, you can see where 
the personal living quarters had been, and obviously living quarters of the multiple amount of staff they had because those little rooms were much smaller. One needs staff. One needs a lot of staff for the side of this place. Mm -hmm. And the ceilings of most of the villa obviously are long gone, but you can tell what the layout was and where the stalls were for animals. And Craig and I walked into what were obviously like workshops. They had basins, you name it. It was amazing. And the entire villa, what's left of it, its runes, are made mostly of stone and brick. And they obviously maintain it structurally so that you can walk under the remaining arch ceilings and tunnels. It was truly, truly incredible to think of what it must have looked like. And it was just the two of us. And we kept talking to each other like, what do you think this was? A kitchen. Or these were the bathrooms, quote unquote. I'd be whispering if I were up there all We along. did. We actually did. <laughs> really? Yes. And then every video I took, I swear we weren't even talking because it was, I don't want to sound ridiculous, but it was almost like uh, it was an unbelievable experience and there was no reason to talk because right. as I filmed it, there was nothing except the birds and the goats. That's just amazing. It was truly, truly one of a kind experiences. And besides being in awe of everything else, we also were blown away by the amount of these black goats <laughs> that roamed freely everywhere. And we we saw firsthand what real mountain goats are, but not on a mountain, on the ruins of this villa. And they literally, I kid you not, could climb up and down the vertical stone walls of the ruins of this villa. And they would stop like mid hike up and start eating professional weed whackers yeah start eating the vegetation which is a great thing because it keeps the vegetation down so you can see the ruins there were so many of them and they were beautiful and i took a ridiculous amount of videos of them because we have friends here vivian hutch if you're listening and they live on our island. They have several goats amongst the plethora of other animals they yes, have. A, a lot of other animals. Chickens, donkeys, goats, sheep. We were just there yesterday exactly. feeding them. Exactly. We fed the chickens and the donkeys while I stay in the car. <laughs> I always do. I just like, He's no farmer. I'm not, not a farmer. I'm a sailor. You never, you fed the goats once. You fed Vivi's goats once. Yeah. And there were just way too many goats. Yeah. And they're way too aggressive. Yes. And they, now, they're like um, gangs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did it once. And after that, I was like, oh my God, the goat gang is back. So well, I stopped. I would try my Scottish accent here, but a gang of goats, but I won't. Okay. All right. Let's carry on. Okay. Sorry about that. Back to Coppery. Um, when Craig and I left the ruins, we carried on to Salto di Tiberio. Tiberio is the Italian name for the Roman emperor, but in English, we refer to him as Tiberius. Anyway, the Salto di Tiberio means the leap of Tiberius, the, the fall, the jump, Tiberius's jump, leap spot, etc. And for those of you who didn't listen to episode 46 that I mentioned earlier, the story of the Salto is that it's the spot where Tiberio took all of his lovers, whom he had shipped from Rome to the island of Capri while he was in exile. wasn't very wasn't really a self imposed exile. Let's say that he had these women shipped from Rome to the island, and when he tired of them, he walked them down to the Salto. 
this cliff right with a sheer drop below, and he threw them off the cliff on a full moon. Well, the good news is you get an an invitation from the emperor to come for a weekend. Yeah. The bad news is you get an (laughs) invitation to come for the weekend also. (laughs) (laughs) So it's this exact salto, this exact spot that I wanted to see because I had been there on my very first visit many, many years ago, as I mentioned. So when Craig and I entered the park, there was this very adorable, very old man sitting in this teeny little shed, like the most narrow little shed. And he was just sitting there looking up. And so I looked at him. I was like, buongiorno, lavoricua, do you work here? And he's like, see. (laughs) So, and he's just sitting there, you know, like if he were a 20-year-old or 30-year-old, he would be sitting in the middle of this park looking at his phone because there was no (laughs) one there, right? He was just sitting in this narrow thing looking out. I was like, buongiorno, signore. So he said, yes, I work here. So I started to explain what I was looking for. And I had a very hard time remembering the word in Italian, the verb to throw. And I couldn't come up with it. So I was like, you know, gesturing, like throwing off. And I got the gist of everything, like Tiberio's, you know, women and they died, etc. And finally he goes, oh, capito, capito. No, 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 no. The park had to close that salto off because it was so dangerous. He goes, molto, molto pericoloso. <laughs> A lot like, of people are bringing their mistresses and... No, 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 no. That's not the point. It was so precarious to have visitors stand on this little jutted... Jut, I don't even know what to say. It was like a little piece of the cliff that stuck out that from the rest, out. jutted out. It was super, super dangerous. And when I was there 30 years ago, it was just like that. And then he carried on. He said, you know, I've been here for almost 50 years. And I'm thinking, my God, you've been in this little hut for 50 years. And he said, and I couldn't believe they didn't close it down earlier. So that, if you listen to my previous episode from episode 46, I guess, or maybe earlier, I don't remember. That is probably why my friend Anne, who was on that photo shoot. Oh, you had to, yes, you had to walk her back. Right? Because after we stood there, she turned around and faced the cliff, not the sea anymore. She turned and faced the cliff and then she literally froze. She went into a physical frozen state. And when we finally got her out of there, she told us she had a very severe fear of heights. Hmm. And and that's what happened. So since that little salto is long gone, Craig and I got as close as we could because the nice old gentleman explained to me where we could go. And after 50 years, he would have known. Yes, he did. He didn't need to give you a guide, a guidebook or anything. No, no. But you have to look hard and find it. It's very narrow and you're just on the cliff, the stone cliff itself. And you, he said, follow the path. I'm like, what path? It's just these cliffs with sheer drops. So finally we saw it. It was as wide as one person's body. So one person at a time could walk down this like worn path of the stone cliff. And then you turn and you could see where the salto had been. So you're looking straight down at this inlet of cliffs. It was a crevasse, I should say, of cliffs down to the sea. And 
they clearly added a very um, necessary update and put a wooden railing in. <laughs> oh, there's there, there's a railing? Yes, made out of, you know, old tree branches. It was better than nothing. <laughs> Good, because I was going to say, you know, just I'll pass on that. <laughs> well, when, no, when we go. no. Luckily, Craig has no fear of heights either. So we both stood on this teeny, teeny little spot and we were joking. We're listening for the screams of the women, but it wasn't, I think you could do it. It was awesome. So to finish up, we walked back toward the village and we stopped at a little bar. Well, it was closer to the villa than to the village. And the little bar slash Panino place is aptly named Bar Jovis. And Craig and I sat down and we had a Aperol spritz, naturally. Imagine that. Imagine that. And a few little chips, because we hadn't eaten all day, and it was, you know, like 2.30, 3 o'clock. You built up a little bit of an appetite. Yeah, but we we weren't that hungry. We had such a good time. So we had the Aperol spritz and a few little chips, and the view from where this Bar Jovis is situated is a northern view. And what's in the middle of your view while you're sitting at this idyllic little bar? Mount Vesuvius. Really? Yeah. It, across the Bay of Naples, it was clear as day on this particular weather. It was awesome. And I have to say, it was like a very fine spritz and chips we had. <laughs> that <laughs> was. <laughs> and so quickly, the day before, we also ended our trail hike with the most perfect lunch ever. Seriously, we the six of us were almost giddy with happiness over this lunch spot. And we felt we deserved this amazing lunch because we had just spent the two plus hours walking up and down those ancient steps on the trail to the Arco Naturale that I had described before. And funny enough, this trail, I'll get back to lunch in a minute, but funny enough, this trail, Arco Naturale, the natural arch trail, is labeled easy. <laughs> Seriously, the Village Jovis Trail is labeled easy as well. Out of all seven trails on the island, there's only easy or moderate. One moderate trail is like seven miles of mountain cliffs. You know, like they just... 45 degree they're, incline. They're used to it. They're so, used to it. Right? So this uh, Arco Naturale... They had people carrying rocks up there years ago, I mean, 2,000 exactly, years ago. Exactly. Exactly. Building... They did it. Why can't you? Right. On this Arco Naturale trail, the irony is there is, I kid you not, a defibrillator in this huge, like, five-foot blue box toward the end of the trail. A... Defilibrator. Defilibrator. What I Defibrillator. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know which one it is because I hope I never need one. But I'm glad it's Especially there. Especially with me. Whatever it is. A, defibril- a defibrillator. How you do you say that? I don't know. Don't, don't, don't bother. <laughs> anyway... That you'll, is, you'll figure it out if you ever need it. Give that, me that thing over there. <laughs> that is on the easy trail of Arco Naturale. Okay, go good figure. To know, good to know. Mm-hmm. And I have hiked this trail several times. I never noticed the defibrillator before. But I keep doing it over and over because it's such a visual treasure. You walk through and try to visualize this, Tommaso, and you listeners, You walk through woods, yet they feel more like a tropical jungle, like a mini jungle where there's no like scary bugs and reptiles. You you walk through, you walk through this woods slash jungle, and then all of a sudden you come upon an opening in the, the, 
foliage. And then there's this amazing view of the Tyranian Sea. And you keep going and you smell all these different fragrances and scents and see all this stuff. And then you come to the arch itself. And it is incredibly high. It's 18 meters, which is 60 feet above the ground. And the span of the arch is 12 meters, 40 feet wide. And the arch is what remains from a collapsed grotto. You know, like you've heard of the Grotto Azzurro, the blue grotto, etc. So that's the remains of it. And the final interesting tidbit about this Arco Naturale is it dates from the Paleolithic age. And in case you can't remember those dates from one of our previous history lessons in these episodes, the Stone Age, the Paleolithic Age, was from 2.5 million years ago to about 10,000 B.C. So it's one very old arch. And you're standing there thinking about that. You know how people can tell we're into history? Because we, we can say Paleolithic <laughs> and we can't say defilibrator or whatever it is. That's how. <laughs> Very good point. I hope no doctors are listening to this. If you are, don't worry about or it. Or nurses. Don't worry, don't worry about it. All right. As I mentioned earlier, let me go back to that lunch. After we pit. <laughs> After we passed the defilibrator, <laughs> um, we got toward the main part of town, not in the town yet, but we came upon a few restaurants in a row and we decided on one that shockingly was able to put together a table of six for us. And I kid you not, as soon as we all sat down in these super comfortable chairs under this awning, because it was very hot and sunny, we sat in these chairs and we're like, oh, God, it feels good. And all of a sudden you heard someone go, my knees ache. Oh yeah, mine too. (laughs) And at the same time, we, all of us like simultaneously took in this fragrance because this area was closer to the village where they had more like tropical vines growing on all the sides of the buildings. And we took in the fragrance of bougainvillea, hyacinth, jasmine, all of these tropical vines grow with a abandoned all over the island, even in late October. So we sat down in this sweet, cute place, comfortable chairs, smelled this fragrance to die for, and then our cocktails came. I just want to say also that you are also a better botanist than you are talking you very about defilibrators yes, and yes, defilibr- whatever that's it true. is. So our drinks came. I had a gin a tonica. Of course you did. Someone had a spritz. Someone had some rosé. We were so happy. Like things couldn't get any better. And then all of a sudden our lunch arrived and we're like, oh my God. It got better. (laughs) This is the best happy meal of the trip so far. (laughs) Happy meal. I kid you not. We were like, we were giddy with happiness after spending that time on the walk. And I just want to say, because I'm sure we're probably running out of time. I just talk about the food. I had a caprese salad because why wouldn't you on the island of Capri? It's like eating pizza in Napoli, caprese salad in its birthplace. And it was so tasty, even though the, you know, height of tomato season was past. But I also had a side salad of this raw salmon, which I don't think I've really had before, cut into these little teeny cube shape with slices of avocado, which I have to say, shame 
the taste of the avocado that we get here in New England. Yeah, well, they're we, uh, we have no taste here. They're no taste. The they do in California and Mexico and stuff, but and they oh do my. in Copenhagen when yes, we were at Christmas, that's right? Because those came from like um ah what what they came from some North African country. Really, it oh, was so God, good. Yeah, they were that good. These these avocados in Capri, mm-hmm. and then funny enough, they have these like little like shaved or sliced toasted almonds on it. And then on top of all of it was very thinly sliced fennel, which I normally don't care for like at all. But somehow it tasted different in Capri. And this salad, these two salads I had were to die for. And they were so good. I'm going to put a few pictures up on um, Instagram of everyone's dish. Fennel is always better washed down with gin. Fennel and gin? Oh, well, I did have gin and tonica. <laughs> I guess that was it. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, these two trail hikes on two consecutive days made me so unbelievably, uh, I don't know, content. I, and I think the rest of the women I was with on that trip feel the same. The combination of this clear, clean sea air, which is rife with the fragrance of these tropical flowers, and the geographical beauty that changes throughout the few hours of your hike and the exercise involved, and then these sensational views of the sea and the coastlines and the mountains on the island itself, it just made for the most beautiful, perfect day. Like, it made for the best vacation, you name it. It was just the best of everything. And that's all we did was hike. And what you did was take in... The combination of all of that, it was spectacular, truly. Okay. So in summary, Capri is hard to beat. You just have to get away from the crowds and take these hikes. And as I mentioned, there are about seven of these hikes and I have three yet to do. So, okay, Tommaso, this is where I say... Let's go next October. Ah, right. I didn't okay. I didn't get to. He didn't read all the way through I didn't the read notes. The notes. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm just the production team. Right. So there you have it. This coming October, November. Okay, let's we're there. Do it. Okay. All right. Thank you once again for listening to our weekly episodes, for subscribing, and thank you again for all the reviews. We really, truly appreciate it. Next week's episode, we'll carry on with this same trip when we went to Amalfi and Pompeii, where we had an amazing private tour. Hey, Basta. Hey, Basta. I'm going to go find my defilibrate. <laughs> we don't have one. Maybe we need one. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao.